0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the program. My name is Willie Lawson. You know, I used to say I, I had to get off Facebook uh, because Facebook is a wasteland. But you know, Facebook is a, uh, is nirvana and a panacea and it's lovely compared to Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool of the most heinous bullcrap that is out there. It, It just is. It is absolutely, fantastically amazing what a crap hole Twitter is. I mean, it's just, I was, I'm blown, I'm blown away. I am actually blown away. Um, about what a crap hole it is. And one of the things that, that sparked this particular podcast is this. This is a tweet from um, Soledad O'Brien. You remember Soledad O'Brien? She going to NBC. She had a show on MSNBC, which they kicked her to the curb because it didn't get ratings because nobody wants to listen to that crap. The left is losing their grip on black people, brown people, and reality. Here's what she um, she responds to uh, Marcus J. the De, uh, Pola's tweet of there are there are, there are a number of black people standing in a Trump rally, uh, basically saying wearing shirts that say Trump and Republicans are not racist. And um, so she writes because she is she's mean and she's vindictive and again anything at all to attack Trump. She tweets this, if you have to have a handful of black people at your rally to hold up t-shirts to say that you're not racist, chances are overwhelming that you're racist. (sighs) Okay, Soledad O'Brien does two things in this tweet. She attacks Trump and at the same time attacks the freedom of expression and the ability for these black people to associate politically to whom they wish because they have stepped out of what Soledad o'brien thinks is okay i'm telling you i'm about to start and i think i might if indeed you guys think it's a good idea, and you can let me know if you just go to w if if you just go ahead and go to wls eight six zero at gmail.com and let me know if this is a good idea. I'm about to start a Twitter account, and uh, the name will be Hey White Hey White People Hey White Folks. Listen, there's a couple of things that I don't need you to do anymore. I don't need you. I don't need white people to defend me. I don't need white people to tell me what I should think politically, who I should align myself politically. I don't need you to tell me to that, that that these that this these this people or that those people are racist in an effort to protect me from myself. Um, if I am dealing with racist, I am cognizant of that I can figure that out on my own. I don't need the Democrat Party. I don't need the left I don't need white people especially especially to tell me who's racist and who isn't racist because you don't like them. And now it's like some nonsensical middle school bullshit that we don't like them, so you shouldn't like them either. It is insane. It is absolutely insane. It, it, is, it is the most offensive thing that uh, liberal white people have done to black people Ever, absolutely ever, that they can, that, they be, that, that these liberal white people believe that they can tell black people who they need to associate with and, um, and why. Like somehow, after 58 years on this planet, especially living in the South, um, I'm not capable somehow of, of noticing or knowing who's racist and who isn't racist. So I need Soledad O'Brien of all the people in the freaking world to tell me who's racist, who I should stay away from. It always seems to buy. I'm going to say it. It always seems that the biracial people always try the hardest to be black, to be uber black, to be super black, to be super Negro. I don't (laughs) see. No one else is going to, no one else is going to say that out loud because people will get offended. But I just don't give a rat's ass if you get offended. I just don't care. Have you noticed that? I just don't care. I don't give a damn if you get offended. And I'm serious. It just seems It seems like, um, uh, think about this. It's people like Soledad O'Brien, uh, people like Don Lemon, people like um, um, Colin Kaepernick, uh, Barack Obama, all these biracial people who are actually half white. They all believe that they have to be the super Negro to protect the other Negroes from themselves. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take a little break, but I'm going to tell you what this is born from. And you're not going to like it if indeed you disagree with me, but you're going to understand it if your mind is open. You are going to to understand it it's where the and this is and well i'll explain to you when i get back thanks so much for coming to the program hey this is willie lawson of fightback media 2020 you know i wanted to make sure that you knew that if you are ready to start a podcast and do a podcast this anchor platform is the quickest, easiest, best thing I have seen. I've been doing podcasting since March of 2008. I've done over 3,000 podcasts. I'm telling you, this is the best and easiest platform I've ever dealt with, either on the creation side and on the syndication side, Anchor has it down. I mean, its creation tools are super easy. You just go on, press the button, and start talking. It does it, it like like they say. It don't get no better than that. And you know what? It's almost unfair how easy syndication is. You just let Anchor syndicate for you, and you can get on on all the platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts everywhere like 10 or 15 different platforms spotify you uh you just do it it's easy um stitcher it's easy so uh, come on now um all you have to do now really is what i want you to do is go to anchor.fm and get started or you can download the anchor app and do the whole thing on your on your smartphone That's right. You can do the whole thing on your smartphone. You don't need equipment or you don't even need a computer. You can do the whole thing and sound great on your smartphone. Or you can go to anchor.fm and get started. Anchor.fm. Get started. Get started now. All righty. Well, welcome back. Thanks so much for coming to the program. Um, before we get started in earnest I want to, I want to mention two things to you right now. I want you I want to mention to you the back channel that's so important because a program like this can never ever will never ever be allowed if I did a video. well first of all it's I'm doing this at 1235 a.m and I'm sitting here in my robe. I' I don't think I've ever done a program sitting here in my robe, but I worked today and my back is kind of hurting and my knees feeling really good praise the lord um but even if i got dressed and did the whole thing with the lights and did a, a youtube video it'd be taken down in about 16 seconds flat so it's not this is not the place for that or even or even facebook really uh so i've decided that Um, For some things, and I think this program may be amongst them, is that we have to go back channel. And what I mean by going back channel is we have to find other ways to get this information out to the people who need to hear it and who want to hear it. And one of the ways that I've found is a website called Collide, C-O-L-L-I-D-E dot com. Um, It's it's like Patreon, but it seems a lot simpler uh, a lot more straightforward and a lot less left, really. Um, it may indeed end up being that way. But in any case, um, I, I'd like you to go to collide.com slash fightbackmedia and become a fan. Um, there's There are ways there to support this endeavor um, financially. There's no way to get around it. That in order for people like like me uh, or like myself to continue producing this content, we're going to have to at some point be helped financially uh, because it does take time, and not everybody can do what I do. I mean, I'm I'm deciding to do a podcast and record this podcast at twelve thirty a.m. on let's say it's Friday morning, Um, and I'm going to be out of pocket this weekend, so. Um, family reunion and going to be around family. And what I'm not going to be doing is podcasting about politics. I'm just not going to. Um, because with things the way they are in the world, um, the, the, the best thing that we have is family. So if you've got problems with family, fix them. In any case, go to collide.com slash fightbackmedia and become a fan. Uh, and and then preferably consider um, financial support. Uh, it starts off at ninety nine cents a month. Ninety nine cents a month. Come on, y'all. A dollar a month. Obviously, you not have to you don't have to worry about me getting getting fabulously wealthy <laughs> at a dollar a month. Uh, but um, it does help. It does help. It pay you know a dollar a month with enough people pays for my speaker account. Pays for my Blog Talk Radio account. Um, it really, really helps. Everything helps. So collide.com slash fightback media. Um, something else that I want to make you aware of um, you guys know that I'm involved with a, a super fantastic organization called Urban Game Changers. Urban Game Changers is, is dedicated to holding elected officials uh, accountable and unelected officials accountable um, in urban communities around the country. And we, have, and we have more and more um, branches popping up around the country seemingly every day. So you can go to UrbanGameChangers.com and learn more about us. Um, we're also having our first annual, national annual uh, conference in Virginia Beach, Virginia, August 21st through 25th, 2019, and we'd love to see you there. We'd love to see you there. Or if you, if you can't make it as an attendee, if you'd like to sponsor um, the event, that would be very helpful, too. And you can go to www.urbangamechangersconference.com urbangamechangersconference.com, and learn more. Join us at Urban Game Changers. We're actually the only organization that's talking about issues in the black community or the urban community that really matter, that are offering real solutions, not just screaming racist, racist, racist. All right, there, there you go. Now, I left you with a cliffhanger. I told you, you know, that, and it just seems to me, and I know that it's not very politically correct to say this, but it just seems to me like a lot of the biracial people um, who are some mix of African-American, black, and white people seem to be the most aggressive somehow when it comes to race issues. And which is always funny to me because it seems like, you know what, they don't... (laughs) I don't know how much they matter, and I'm going to be honest with you, matter in the race conversation. And, And I'll tell you why, because I think that biracial people, especially... Um, black uh, mixed with white folks is sort of the solution to the race relation problem. They are the evidence of the solution. That somehow, through this horrifically racist nation, um, somehow, through all this horrible oppression of black people, somehow, magically mysteriously somehow these people had a black father and a white mother and i say it that way because it's it's mostly the the light-skinned people who are leading this charge um they found a way to get together get married in this climate how they did it the lord only knows they found a way to get married, procreate, have these children, educate them, send them to the best colleges and universities in the country, have them be successful um, in whatever field uh, of study or what, whatever endeavor they chose to be, and now they have a national platform. Somehow this happened in this cesspool of racism and bigotry somehow this happened so maybe i don't know just maybe some of the things they're talking about you have to look at again and i'll tell you why i'll tell you why i think it's because in my and my not so humble opinion Some of these people sold at O'Brien, Colin Kaepernick, Barack Obama is because they have a Caucasian side in their families. That's the part that makes them think that they are more capable of leading because uh, they have that perspective. One of the funniest bits on Saturday Night Live when it used to be funny. Was it, it there was this uh, fake show that the host was Garrett Morris and they had Andrew Young on the show? And Andrew Young said, It's a well known fact that light skinned blacks are smarter than dark skinned blacks. See, that was said. Um, as fun you know what you know what for fun, for funny sake now white people in the audience didn't have any idea why that was such a piercing statement and it's because there's this cultural thing that light-skinned blacks are smarter than dark-skinned blacks it's because their connection to europe This is something that has permeated the black community for a really long time. Now, the phrase that black people use is high yellow. High yellow. That these high yellow people with good hair are the people who can pass, and and we don't talk about that anymore. There were a number of black entertainers in the 30s, the 20s and the 30s, who passed. That means that they were so light-skinned White folks couldn't tell the difference. And it's because it was, and the, these people didn't mostly have black mothers and fathers. They had uh, white mothers. And so they passed as white. Especially in movies and, and, and the like. Um, when there wasn't really the <laughs> the social media scrutiny, obviously in the 30s and the 40s, and they were able to, with makeup and the like, pass as as white. So there was a lot of that going on. Um, and these are the folks who were able to lead the way. People who are from the islands, like Harry Belafonte. Have you noticed that it is the light-skinned blacks and the biracial blacks, so to speak, that are can that that are somehow believe that they are smarter. More erudite, more um, aware, more woke. God, I hate that phrase. Um, than the dark skinned blacks, and believe that their opinions and thoughts are more valid. So, so that O'Brien in the, in this tweet believes that her opinion, that, that her view of Donald Trump and Republicans is more valid than the people who are actually there at the rally. People who have, who are, have worked on the Trump campaign in where they live, have worked with the Republicans that they're standing around, have, are actually in those trenches and actually done that work. That's all that O'Brien believes that her opinion is more valid than theirs. Now I have had similar, similar things um, in my own personal journey. I happen to have ha- been fortunate enough, blessed enough, to be one of the speakers at the very first Tea Party rally uh, held where I live. And you can see that on YouTube if you want to. I think that's still up. And um, I told somebody that. And they asked me. So what was that like? Were you afraid? And, I, I'm, and they they really they literally asked me if I was if I was afraid, and I said afraid of what? You know, well, all those races there. Hmm. And I said, you know, when I was standing on the on the bed of that truck with a microphone hooked. To a guitar, a practice guitar amp as our PA system. Hardly something funded by the Koch brothers at this point. Talking to a group of people about the wonders of America. And the wonders of freedom. And how if we didn't get motivated. All that stuff was going to go away. I looked out on that audience and what I saw. Were... A lot of people my age or older, I saw a lot of grandmas, I saw a lot of grandpas, I saw a lot of people who are middle-aged, um, who had you know, kids in high school, uh, I saw a lot of people there. But what I did not see was, I didn't see any clan hood, I didn't see any Antifa, I didn't see anybody who was who was racist, I didn't see anybody that I would have been afraid of. You know, one of the funny, funniest narratives about the Tea Party rallies um, that was actually true is this: that if you had a Tea Party rally in a city or in a park in a city somewhere, the place was always cleaner when the rally was over than when it began. This is the nature. This was the nature of the people who participated in those rallies. Nothing to be afraid of. I got a chance to speak at the second rally as well, and it was the exact same thing. Now, I will tell you a story. Um, at the first rally, uh, I spoke, and as I climbed out of the, pit, the the bed of the pickup truck, trying not to fall and embarrass myself terribly, this little white lady came to me, older white lady, grandma, and she, and she touched me in my arm and said, Sir... I said, yes, ma'am, because we're in the South. That's what we do. And she said, I want to apologize. And I said, apologize for what? She said, I thought you were acorn. Because I had been around. I had got to the rally early, and I was over helping at the Republican booth, and I was just walking around checking things out. Um, She said, I thought you were acorn. It was her that was frightened of me. Initially, not the other way around. So I gave her. I, so I gave her a. Hug. I asked if I can give her a hug. I gave her a hug and told her that, no, I'm. I'm not Acorn. <laughs> I'm not. Um, and she. She said. Well, she says, Well, I know that now. I was like. Well, that's good. So. People like told O'Brien. People like Colin Kaepernick. All believe. That their opinion about the people that I associate with and worked with. Um, it was my friend Tom, my friend Tom Gaidens, who was uh, working for Freedom Works at the time, uh, working with Freedom Works. He wasn't working for them; he was working with Freedom Works at the time. And now, and Tom is now the um, the state committee man for the the local Republican Party, uh, who got me involved in that. Um, this is, you know, I have him to thank. Thank you very much, Tom. Um, but this was not a place where I was afraid. Soldat O'Brien thinks that all the work I did with th- those folks and all the people that I know here personally—that her opinion of what they are and who they are—is more valid than mine. And the people on the left. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, all these people who are, who are presidential candidates who are just ripping up or are, are, are trying to rip out the racist tag and place it every way that, everywhere they can because they don't have an agenda and they don't have any answers and they haven't had any answers in a hundred friggin' years. They can kiss my ass. A lot of these people are my friends. A lot of these people have come to, come to my aid and come to my assistance when people who look like me who have drank the Kool-Aid of Republicans are racist, Donald Trump is racist, blah, blah, blah is racist, blah, blah, blah is racist, 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 freaking, freaking racist. And the people that came to my aid were the Republicans, were the conservatives, or the libertarians. Or the people who work for Freedom Works, the People who work for the Heritage Foundation. The people who work for the Cato Institute. The people who work for the Republican Party. These are the people who are all racist. Well. If you believe that your opinion. Of the people that you don't know. Invalidates. My opinion of the people that I do know. Then you're. The fucking racist. That's all there is to it. It's really easy. It's super easy. If you think. That your opinion. Of the people that you do not know. Invalidates my. Thoughts. And my opinion of the people that I. Know. Then it's not. Them, that's the racist. It's you. Because you're trying to invalidate me. You're trying to invalidate. that O'Brien is trying to invalidate those black people at the Trump rally. She's not trying to really invalidate Trump or the other white folks there. She's trying to invalidate the black people in the t shirts that say Trump's not a racist, Republicans aren't racist. She's trying to invalidate them. She's attacking them. That's why this is terrible. We'll be back right after this. Urban Game Changers seeks to unite people who want to impact positive change in their community through economic opportunities, self-improvement, self-awareness, and self-empowerment the Urban Game Changers leadership team collectively has over 50 years of relevance in the urban conservative ideological space. The Urban Game Changers grassroots and social media platforms currently have a global reach of over 5 million people. We are the number one conservative organization addressing the issues directly affecting the black community. And we are hosting our first annual Game Changers Conference on August 21st through 25th, 2019 at the Foundation Inn and Spa in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Urban Game Changers will be part of the 400 Years of African American History Commission, a commission established by the U.S. Congress on January 8th, 2018. There will be programs and activities throughout the week and the weekend to recognize and highlight 400 years of contributions from African-Americans. If you want to know more, go to www.urbangamechangersconference.com www.urbangamechangersconference.com And again, remember that the first annual Urban Game Changers National Conference is being held August 21st through august 25th in virginia beach virginia go to urbangamechangers.com to sign up to be a urban game changer and to attend the conference the tickets for the conference are actually you can get tickets that are actually free we still have some of those available all you have to do is pay for the hotel um it is going to be one of the best events from one of the most unique organizations ever in this country urban game changers are the is the answer to what ails america urban game changers so go to urbangamechangers.com urbangamechangers.com thank you okay so this idea this horrendous idea that white people white liberals can invalidate my experience can invalidate my thoughts, can invalidate my associations because somehow, and especially um, biracial people, can invalidate my experiences and my associations with people that I've had, that I've worked with and known for a while because they simply want to paint everybody especially everybody white, um, with um, this brand of racism because they simply cannot break the arguments, the reality, that they simply refuse to look at the reality of how black Americans are being pushed aside in America because they're losing their grip on. They're losing the grip because... Of that they're losing the grip on black people. That there are some black people who have always decided to think for themselves. That we are simply not going to be a part of this monolithic think block anymore. That we're not going to simply go along with the gatekeepers. That we're simply not going to go along with the overseers anymore. That we are breaking away from the overseers. And I'll tell you who the overseers are the overseers are the black democrat plants for of of so-called leaders in these communities i'm not really all that excited about using the plantation analogy i don't really like that 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 much but it's more like a mafioso sort of thing where you send um in certain communities there are certain people who are in charge of keeping a lid on stuff keeping an eye on things for the, I mean, for the big bosses, right? They they give certain people a certain amount of power and some authority, but their job is keep a lid on it. Make sure everybody knows who's in charge, who the big bosses are. Make sure that nobody else comes in there and tries to encroach on the territory. That's your job. And some of these people like Elijah Cummings, Now, I know that I am skewering some sacred cows here, but I don't really care. People like Maxine Waters. And unfortunately, people like John Lewis. People like Kamala Harris. People like Cory Booker. Yeah, I know. I know, not very nice. I know I'm not being very nice right now. I understand. But some of these people have been sent in these communities. And we've got a bunch of them around the country. And you could probably... Point out point out one or a hundred yourself who 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 rise to the top of the Democrat ladder, so to speak, but they only rising as far as making sure that making damn sure that the Negroes stay under control and that they don't leave the organization, that they don't go rogue. And unfortunately, for a lot, unfortunately for uh, you know a lot of people who are black have gone completely rogue. They're out there thinking for themselves. They're out there making decisions for themselves. They're out there understanding that they have been lied to for a hundred damn years by the same Democrat machine that has kept their that has kept their families and kept their communities in poverty while just holding out a carrot occasionally and allowing certain things to happen while not really allowing generational wealth to happen. You know, when you see communities like Baltimore, when you see communities like um, Harlem that were in free fall for years and the the Democrat solution was to move out all the black people, move in some white folks, white people with money, and now Harlem is better. And call it a freaking renaissance. Brooklyn. Same thing. Well, Brooklyn was one of the more dangerous places to live in the entire world. And the solution was not to bring up the quality of black people in in Brooklyn. I mean, the, the the Democrat solution. Now, there were no Republicans. There was no Tea Party. There was no Heritage Foundation. There was no Cato Institute. Um, there was no Donald Trump. There was none of that stuff in, in that area. The, I, the idea was to, uh, in order to make Brooklyn better, was move out a bunch of the Negroes, move in a bunch of white folks, open some Starbucks, and now Brooklyn's better. And here's what black folks see. Brooklyn's better without us. They made Brooklyn better by getting rid of us. And the same thing is happening in, in cities around the country. And, and what's happening is a lot of us are not just noticing it. And much to the chagrin of white liberals, we're actually saying something about it. We're actually mentioning it. We're actually talking about it. And we're actually understanding that uh, a lot of these black people, a lot of these black people in a lot of these urban communities have been lied to for years. And the left continues to lie. They continue to hold on to that lie. It's like that little kid who gets caught. But they're, they're damn sure not going to get up off that lie. They're just not going to. They're standing there. And the jelly jar is broken on the floor. They've got jelly on their hands. They're, hold, they're holding a butter knife that has peanut butter all over it. And you say, did you break that? And they'll say no uh uh-uh, uh, wasn't me. No. Did you break that? No. And there's glass everywhere, it's on their feet, it's on their pajamas, it's everywhere. They're they're saying no. And this is the left, and this is the Democrat Party. Democrat Party who will not take responsibility for the crap holes that they've created. You know that that video that came out of just I just saw it today, um, of Elijah Cummins talking about that he just left his drug-infested um, section of Baltimore, which is part of District Seven, where he has been the U.S. Rep. for twenty-three damn years, that he said it was drug-infested. Now, if he says it's drug-infested, everything is cool. If Trump says it's drug-infested or rat-infested, now it's racism. We're noticing now. We're figuring this out, and we're and we're speaking out against the nonsense. We're not just going along with it anymore, and that makes white liberals crazy because they know they're losing their grip. So what they're trying to do desperately is shut any of us down who are not going along with the program anymore, who are off the reservation, who have gone rogue. That's why they fight us on social media. That's why they try to destroy us. That's why the name calling Uncle Tom, House Nigger, on and on, on and on, on and on, because what they know is that we're telling the truth. And what they also know is that more and more people are open to the truth than ever. And it frightens them, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you ever so much for coming to the program today. We appreciate it. Listen, uh, find me on collide.com, dot com, c o l l i d e dot com slash fightback media. Be a fan. Prayerfully consider a month a monthly support of ninety nine cents, or two ninety nine. I think is the other option, uh, a month to support what we're trying to do here. Uh, Again, um, and don't forget the conference, www.urbangamechangers.com. Consider being a a member of Urban Game Changers uh, and and or supporting our event in Virginia Beach, Virginia, August 21st to 25th. Uh, Can't wait to see you there. I get to speak. Yay. And um, a bunch of my friends get to speak. Yay. It's going to be a great time. All right. Until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when